Now back to BC Food and Wine Radio. Here's Anthony Gismondi and Casey Wilson. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's show. We have a special show today live from Mission Hill uh, Family Estates in the Okanagan Valley, and, and uh, it, harvest is underway. So it's going to be a harvest show today. We're going to talk a lot about uh, the harvest and get you up to date on what's going on across the Okanagan. Our first guest, Daryl Brooker, is the president of Mission Hill Family Estate and Sebastian Farms, and as well as making winemaker. He pretty much does everything else around this joint, including getting up at what time this morning, Daryl? Uh, uh, about 4, 4.30. You yeah. were up at 4.30, <laughs> and you went down south all the way. That means about a two-hour drive almost to the border. That's right, and yes. What's happening? Uh, grapes are ripening, and yeah. uh, so a lot of fun. Really uh, starting to look at reds, but really more focused on white yeah. still. Uh, yeah. We see a bit of smoke. Does that bother you at this point or are you worried about it or yeah i never like to see the smoke but i'm not too worried it's uh it should be very short-lived um and yeah i i don't think we'll have any issues but i, I never like to see it i like yeah. to see the sun <laughs> you like to see the sun uh what about uh, well, how would you characterize 2020 in terms of uh, of the grapes that you're seeing that are going to come in really really exciting actually the the whites have amazing freshness it was a it was a great year in the sense that it was a very cool start even a little bit wet uh and had me a touch nervous uh, and then by mid-July the weather just turned turned beautiful but really cool nights we've been down as low as six seven degrees nights so great acidity and retaining really nice acidity mm-hmm. but beautiful warm days favorite time of the year for you oh I love it yeah. I absolutely love it you yeah. embrace it yeah. what is your favorite part of the harvest and do you have any special memories of a harvest yeah, I mean, the favourite part of the harvest is, is walking the roads and tasting the grapes and just seeing those flavours change and develop day in, day out. So that's that's the most fascinating time. And, yeah, it's funny, you, you know, favourite memories of harvest. You know, the the first harvest I was a standalone winemaker after I'd been worked in the cellars, been an assistant winemaker, and then a standalone winemaker. I was so nervous I didn't want to get anything wrong. I dragged my mattress into the winery and slept on the floor for about five weeks. <laughs> and, uh, so I was like, I'd get up in the middle of the night and, and, check, and check things. things. Yeah, and so uh, that was, uh, yeah, and it was cold too. So that was my, my, my first harvest in Canada, actually. And, uh, really? Yeah. No tank overflowed onto your mattress or anything? <laughs> no, no, but yeah. it was, uh, you know, it, because, yeah, after a while you learn to relax and wine's been, wine's made itself for a long time and you you realize you're more of a caretaker. But uh, yes. the, the, that first harvest as a standalone winemaker is, is quite nerve-wracking you uh you have a, a visionary leader here in anthony von mandel in the the company the the owner uh and you've changed a lot of stuff here this year for many of our vis uh, our listeners have visited mission hill but it's different now can you explain what what has gone on here in the over the last few months oh very different so we've gone to we've gone to reservation only and uh so what that means is we st- we still want to welcome people but it's all people in their in their group uh reserve in group sizes from two to six and it's all experience driven whether that be a walk through the vineyard a talk about how grapes grow a little bit of history a winemaking tour mm-hmm. and then uh, food and wine pairings and tasting so all experience driven and we've taken our uh, our average guests down to about 25% of what they were even a year ago wow yeah so the the place it's it's an escape from the rat race almost it's become uh, yeah. a peaceful place uh, it's, a, it's amazing yeah yeah, yeah. And and uh, it was pre-COVID. Like this was all planned before COVID. You you were going to change. Anthony yeah. wanted to change the way yep. things were happening at his wineries. Yeah, we we've been planning. We were planning for two years. We did some trial weekends a couple of years ago to make yeah. sure that it was working. And and uh, we were going to pull the trigger anyway. And uh, COVID brought it forward by a couple of months, and that was it. 
And uh, well, Casey, you were in the gift shop today, just before the show, looking around. <laughs> you brought some friends out, actually. But. I did. The gift shop, well, it is one of the most beautiful gift shops in the Valley. And Tony always buys something when he's here. <laughs> always. But now I, I have to have the experience, too. So yes, yeah, you've exactly. got to check it out. Wonder, wonderful books and uh, yeah. amazing things you can do with silver. That's all I'm going to say. But mm. when you see it, you'll know what I'm talking about. Daryl, uh, we know you're super busy with the harvest. So what are you picking now? Or how, how will it roll out? What varieties? What will happen here at Mission Hill in the next month or so? Yeah, we're picking uh, Chardonnay. Some great Chardonnay, actually. Okay. Uh, we, we have an amazing vineyard called Naramata Ranch right at the end of Naramata Road. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we picked uh, probably my favorite Chardonnay off there, which goes into Perpetua. Um, and so really, really excited for that. Which we're just tasting now, the 2018. Mm. $60. This is really, it's one of the top uh, Chardonnays made in the Valley now and you've been tweaking it and <laughs> you've been squeaking it and leaning it out a bit mm-hmm. and uh, it's just such a lovely wine now uh, yeah. it started a southern based wine and it's it think components are moving a bit north yeah it's about uh 50 north now so uh, narrow matter and 50 yeah. south and uh yeah but thank you it's uh i've, I've been really happy I, I was trying the 2015 my first vintage of perpetua mm. last night and aging beautifully and that was the first year we had any northern fruit in it yeah. Yeah. and maybe the best value white wine in british columbia today is the Mission Hill Reserve Sauvignon Blanc. I, I don't know how you get that in the bottle from BC. It's it's amazing wine. And he's yeah, not going yeah. to tell you. <laughs> yeah, maybe not, but yeah. it's a beautiful Sauvignon. You've got to yeah, be happy yeah. with that. Oh, very happy. A lot of fun. And, uh, you know, old vineyards, having the vision... Uh, you know, my predecessor, John Symes, planting Sauvignon Blanc in the early 90s. Uh, you know, so old, old vines are, are amazing. Yeah. Daryl, thanks for kicking off the show. I know you're going to stick around. The chef's coming out. We'll have Absolutely. a quick chat about uh, dining up here as well. Definitely, and welcome to Mission Hill. Thank, Thank you, you so much, and good luck with the entire uh, 2020 harvest. Thank you. Daryl Brooker, he's the chief winemaker and, of course, the president of Mission Hill Family Estate Winery. We're coming to you live today from Mission Hill uh, in the heart of the Okanagan Valley. We'll take a quick break. I'm Tony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. We'll be right back. There's more to come. This is the BC Food and Wine Radio Network, presented in part by Wines of British Columbia at Savon Foods. The BC wine industry is all about people. People crafting products with passion. Save On Foods is proud to support our local wine industry by carrying the world's largest selection of BC VQA wines from producers all across our province. That's over 1,200 labels from more than 160 vineyards. Plus, there are new ones added all the time. Wines of British Columbia at select Save On Foods locations. For special offers in-store and online, visit saveonfoods.com wine. Rediscover the South Okanagan good life at Watermark Beach Resort Asoyas Hotel and Conference Centre. Just steps to everything. The beach, shopping, the marina, and great dining at the restaurant at Watermark. New executive chef Nick Atkins invites you to indulge your senses with bright new flavours inside or on the newly expanded lakeside patio, featuring new health and safety protocols and procedures. Reservations are highly recommended. Celebrate the South Okanagan. Visit watermarkbeachresort.com. The Wine Center at Mount Boucherie Estate Winery is waiting for you. Welcome to the new home of hospitality in the Okanagan. The wine shop is open for tastings, and the Modest Butcher Restaurant is ready to welcome you with the best dining experience in Okanagan wine country. Walk-ins are being accepted for tastings and dining, but reservations are still recommended. For the safety of guests and staff, extra cleaning, sanitization, and physical distancing protocols are also in place. For more information and updated developments, please visit mtboucherie.com. 
Barb Haller, owner of Poplar Grove Winery. At Poplar Grove, we have a deep respect for the endless potential of our land in the Okanagan. To reach that potential, we know it takes foresight, courage, and the ability to laugh with nature rather than to fight it. It takes a team who embraces this journey to make truly inspired wines. I'm Barb Haller, owner of Poplar Grove Winery, inviting you to join us. Become a member of our wine club at poplargrove.ca. Poplar Grove, available at private fine wine stores. Now back to BC Food and Wine Radio. Here's Anthony Gismondi and Casey Wilson. Welcome back to the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. I'm Tony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. Uh, let's start with Daryl Brooker. He's back with us. Daryl, thanks for sticking around. I know Pleasure. you're busy. I thought you'd be picking grapes by now, but oh, you're yeah. We did that this morning. You're slacking off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> uh, joining us now is Patrick Gaylor. Patrick's the executive chef here at the Terrace Restaurant. Many of our listeners in uh, Victoria may know him from his days at the Inn at Laurel Point. Uh, so you've gone from the water to a hilltop. That sounds like a good deal to me. Patrick. I can't complain. That's yeah. good. Yeah. You like views, obviously. Yeah, I got spoiled out there, and uh, this is just as nice. It's great. Yeah. yeah. Is it is it fun to be in a winery to be where to be involved with wine all day long and, I, and I food? I think it, it's it's the best possible sort of scenario to find yourself in as a chef, uh, being uh, involved in uh, in the winemaking and uh, harvest is, and the proximity that we have to the growers yeah. both produce and, and grape growing um it's it's the best relationship i've ever had with with is, people is there one thing you've learned about wine that you didn't know when it's now much much more challenging <laughs> to, to pair food <laughs> with wine than, w- than with I all the geeks standing around yeah, asking yeah. you what do you serve with my wine oh it's yeah. it's tough because there's there's some objectivity to it but there's a lot of subjectivity and and, yeah. and trying to you know, looking at the wine you want to use and the people that are eating and the time of year and what ingredients you want to use, sure. there's, there's some aspects there that it's, uh, it, sometimes it, it works out really, really quickly, but more often than not, it takes a bit of time. Yeah. Yeah. And what's your, what is your favorite crop at this time of year that you can use in the kitchen? It's tomatoes. Has oh, to be. mine too. Yeah. yeah. They're and, just, they're great. What have, what have you learned since you, where did you grow up? I'm from Edmonton. So from Edmonton, yeah. okay. Yeah. So I wanted to ask you about you grew up with tomatoes in Edmonton. Yeah, in November. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's the difference in the Okanagan uh, versus Edmonton? Yes. Oh, uh, <laughs> quite a bit. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, we we got some cellar crops and things like that, but um, there was very few things that really really grew well in that in that in those conditions so uh we used what we could but uh i think more of the focus and and people that are used to uh, eating at edmonton or in alberta for that for that fact or it's more focused on some of the game meats and proteins and things like that so um not it's like growing up on the coast and having crab you know you that's what you know and that's that's the quality you expect yes that's the level and that's kind of alberta is the same way with with the things that they grow there, so and, and most of that happens to be to be game meats and, and beef and things. And like you've that. got yeah. some heirloom tomatoes. Yes, growing. Uh, tell us what. Tell me, how do you prepare a tomato? Yeah, now? Uh, ter- uh, heirloom tomatoes are are absolutely my favorite. It's it's a little frustrating because there's they they grow really slowly and they'll look ripe, uh, but you feel them and you know they're not quite heavy enough and they're still too firm, 
and you want to use them because they look fantastic, mm-hmm. but you need to give them another week or 10 days until they start to split, until they get really heavy. And then that's when you know that when you, when you use them, they're, they're going to be like as perfect as, as they get. So having a little bit of patience with those. I, at home and here, we kind of go through phases. So we'll start with cherry tomatoes, the little sun golds. They ripen up really fast and they're a little bit more acidic and they have a nice kind of poppy texture, which is great, but they start to sort of fade away uh, later into the season. And then usually we can carry over from a cherry tomato into uh, into the heirloom tomatoes. And then and that's where we're at right now. The heirloom tomatoes are just super succulent and, and perfect. Yeah. I'm going to ask you for a tomato recipe <laughs> as soon as we have a break. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Patrick Gaylor is executive chef at uh, the Terrace Restaurant. Uh, he joins us now along with... Uh, Daryl Brooker, who's the chief winemaker. Patrick's brought a dish before that. I want to know what you would tell him about, because he's brought a dish for this wine. So tell you talk about the wine, and then we'll get back to Patrick. And uh, absolutely. I, I actually wanted to ask uh, Chef what we what he would pair with tomatoes, because so, uh, yeah. yes. that's always the toughest pairing. But, yeah. uh, but certainly, uh, yeah, we brought along the 2018 Pinot Noir. Um, so... Uh, this Reserve is all, Pinot Noir. Yeah, sorry, Mission Hill Reserve Pinot Noir. So this is all from the north end of the valley, so Naramata and Kelowna, West Kelowna and East Kelowna. Yeah. Uh, it, it's fairly bright cherry fruit. It does have a hint of earthiness, but really this is a, this is that um, beautiful bright cherry fruit that you get in Pinot Noir. Mm. Oh. Sounds good. So now for the tomato dish. Okay. Um, well, uh, we d- t- tend not to... Um, see tomatoes with Pinot Noir too too frequently. We have done a couple of dishes that have worked surprisingly well. There's uh, a mild, if you get a tomato that has lost its acidity and has, has a little bit more balance between the acidity and sweetness, uh, it actually tends to go fairly well with Pinot Noir. It can work really well. Um, so for me, when we get those tomatoes that are at that stage, peel them. Uh, it's it's a kind of a personal preference. Some people don't mind having a bit of skin, but I find it can get in the way of just the texture of that really sort of succulent tomato flesh. And so, how do you peel a tomato? Uh, when they're really ripe, they, they just need to get dipped in simmering water, maybe five seconds, and then out into cold water, and the skins will just wilt right off of them. And then from there, the, I think the biggest thing is uh, cut them however you prefer, Yes. season them with salt, and let them sit for about 15 or 20 minutes. The salt will pull a lot of the natural... Uh, moisture out of the tomatoes and you end up with this like perfectly seasoned natural vinaigrette it's a little acidic a little sweet a little bit of salt salt saltiness in it as well and uh, with a mild cheese uh, burrata ricotta or just with some grilled bread it's it's just got this perfect flavor oh, to it oh i can't <laughs> wait to taste it in the restaurant it, it's with our halibut right now in the restaurant perfect so, yeah now, Chef, you brought a dish along there, right. which is, uh, I don't know if the Pinot's in it, but... It, it uh, not Pinot Noir in it, but this is, uh, outside of tomatoes, these it's are... Pinot friendly. These are, these are absolutely, like, the, the most, uh, probably the, the, the most perfect uh, ingredients for this time of year. Uh, chanterelle mushrooms, lops, uh, lobster mushrooms, corn. We've had a really great corn season. Mm-hmm. Um, just with a little bit more moderate temperature... Uh, Everything seems to have lasted a little bit longer. All of our all of our, our our products are really getting a peak ripeness, but also maintaining that. So we've had a corn season that's been fantastic. Uh, potatoes from the garden and herbs. Usually, nasturtium by this time of year is is on its way out. Wow! And it's now flourishing again. So tarragon, nasturtium, a little bit of thyme. Uh, that's an, a bit of a sort of a glaze to go onto the new potatoes. So I think in this dish, the the, the little bit of sweetness from the corn uh, goes well, but the the main focus here is definitely the mushrooms. There's that savory aspect to it that yeah. is going to go really really well. With the and potato. is the base is the base potato? No, it's a uh, it's actually corn. So 
if you're ever doing corn at home, you, you scrape the, or you cut the kernels off the cob. Um, actually, what I do is I'll just take the cobs of corn and you take the back of a knife and you scrape everything off of the cobs yep. and you get you get all of the sweetness and flavor and none of the fiber or any of the like rough texture of it. So yeah. you, you That's get a this, great tip. It's it's unreal. It's it's really yeah. really good. So all you do at that point a little bit of butter, bring it to a simmer and put it in the dish. It's wow. it's really really pure. But yeah. in Edmonton, you just ate it off the cob. <laughs> Oh, yeah, for about yeah. three days there in the end of December before it started to snow. Yeah. <laughs> we love it. Chef, uh, so people still want to come and dine here. How, yeah. how do the hours work? Now, how is Terrace working in, in COVID? Yeah, you know, we uh, we have a very, we're very fortunate just to have the winery being such an open outdoor space. Yep. Uh, you'll find most people that come up here, they it's not a concern in a sense that they come here and, and the space and the property and how it's been set up. It's, it's, it's very natural to mm-hmm. be able to be socially distant, but not be aware of it. And, yep. and the restaurant or the restaurant, we're able to do that being outside. Um, and we're, we've seen, we've seen really great traffic. I was absolutely surprised to see as, as much as, as many people up and here. What are the have. normal hours now, Daryl? Uh, we're, we're yeah. working at lunches, 1130 till, uh, 2:45. Okay. Um, and dinner is five until eight. Uh, but on Tuesdays and Wednesdays, we're we're closed at this time of year. So the last couple of weeks of the season, our last day of service is going to be September 27th. That's the Sunday. Right. And uh, yeah, looking forward. You better giddy up if you want to eat at the terrace yeah. before the end of the month. Casey, I, we better I, get over there now. Yes, best time yeah, of the man. year. I, to be it, here. it really is weather-wise and and also ingredient-wise. We we get basically everything right now and it, it's awesome two busy guys thanks so much for taking time out of your day to say hello to us and our listeners uh, across the network uh, from Kelowna all the way to victoria so it's uh, been great to be here and uh, i'm sure we'll be back more often uh, to to do one of the experiential tours now absolutely uh, i'm we, really excited to try that yeah we'd before love to i get it. to the gift shop <laughs> <laughs> thanks so much thank you thank uh, you patrick gaylor he's the executive chef uh daryl brooker of course a winemaker and uh, president of mission hill family estate plenty more coming up on the bc food and wine radio network next up is taylor whalen he's the winemaker and uh, gm over at cedar creek estate We'll take a quick break. I'm Tony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. We'll be right back. There's more to come. This is the BC Food and Wine Radio Network, presented in part by Wines of British Columbia at Savon Foods. Calling all winemakers, craft brewers, cider makers, or artisan distillers. Canada's first wine village is coming, and you could be a part of it. Located at the gateway to Canada's wine capital in Oliver, the village provides turnkey low-capital production facilities that are available for lease starting now. But with space for only 16 artisan producers, the time to act is now to be part of history and start crafting your unique story. To learn more, visit districtwinevillage.com. Hillside Winery is here to serve you, B.C., We're offering free shipping across the province on all orders of six bottles or more. Let Hillside deliver direct to your doorstep and give you one less thing to tick off your shopping list. If you're a local, ordering online for pickup is easy and hassle-free. Hillside will happily box up your wines and have them ready and waiting for you. We want to make getting your favorite Hillside wines easy. Find us online at hillsidewinery.ca. Officially, summer ends September 22nd. 
but not at Spirit Ridge Resort. Their endless summer begins September 21st. Book three nights and get a $75 credit that you can use at any of their many on-site activities. From Solterra Spa Services, golfing at Sonora Dunes, dining at the Bear, the Fish, the Root, and the Berry, even wakeboarding with Wake Pilot Rentals. Spirit Ridge has it all. Book today and quote endless summer to experience the beauty of Spirit Ridge, part of the Unbound Collection by Hyatt. Visit spiritridge.ca. Have the extraordinary organic wines of Summerhill Pyramid Winery in the pristine Okanagan Valley delivered to your door. When you become an organic ambassador, a portion of every purchase you make at Summerhill goes back into your account, which you can use towards future purchases anytime. Share the love with your friends to earn even more credits. Find out more about Summerhill Pyramid Winery's organic ambassador program and order online by visiting summerhill.bc.ca. Now back to BC Food and Wine Radio. Here's Anthony Gismondi and Casey Wilson. Welcome back to the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. I'm Tony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. Our next guest is part of our Harvest Show today from Mission Hill Family Estate. Taylor Whelan is the winemaker just across the lake at Cedar Creek. He may have even swum across to the show. I'm not sure. No, I don't. Try he looks hair. a bit tired. I <laughs> thought it was a harvest, but apparently not. No. You have a new uh, a new baby. That's correct. Yeah. So he's keeping me pretty busy. Yeah. yeah. Four, four months. That's right. Oh yeah. my God! You have all my sympathies, man. Well, thank you. It hasn't yeah. been too bad so far. So. Yeah. yeah. Well, right. it's a great experience. It but, sure is. But with harvest, I don't know. Yeah, bad, it's kind bad of bad planning. <laughs> well, we thought it was good planning. My wife's a winemaker as well, so yeah. we kind of timed it so that we could get maternity leave over harvest, and then I'm going to take some time off right after harvest. So. Okay. Oh, that's perfect. Yeah. Well, what's your son's name? Harvest? Or? Uh, no, no. <laughs> P- Pinot Noir. No, no, I'm kidding. Uh, it's Angus. Angus Michael. Way to so. go. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Uh, well, you're having some fun over at Cedar Creek. Uh, well, let's get a quick update. I think, first of all, everything is pretty much done except for maybe the, the last building, or is it done now? It's pretty much done. I think we're going to get uh, occupancy in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. Uh, so that means construction's handing over everything to us. Yeah. Um, last little paving jobs and things like that are being done in the next few weeks. Yeah. So, yeah, we're pretty much taking possession of everything. That's kind of sweet. Eh? Yeah, it's it's great. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, let's talk about uh, Cedar Creek. There's been there's a, quite a transformation. First of all, let's talk about the North Okanagan. You're in the North Okanagan. Do you embrace that now, or is that part of the Cedar Creek story? Yeah, it is, absolutely. I mean, it's funny. I've been there for 10 years now, and when I started there, it was very much still a Pan Valley kind of a story, right? Yeah. The Fitzpatricks, love the big reds, Merlot, Meritage, Syrah, that kind of thing. Yep. Um, but we kind of realized uh, a few years ago that the vineyard in Kelowna, the northern vineyard, is really the gem of Cedar Creek. It's mm-hmm. a 50-acre 50, 50 vineyard with 30-year-old vines on it, mm-hmm. Pinot, Riesling, Chardonnay planted in the right spots. And so we decided to try and make Cedar Creek about the north. That's the core. And now we've got all these satellite vineyards as well. Like we've got Symes Vineyard, which is just down the road from us. We've got another vineyard going in Lake Country. There's Naramata Ranch. So we've got all these really cool, interesting sites we can pull yeah. from. And it kind of helps us tell the, the whole story of the north instead of just the Cedar Creek Vineyard. Yeah. yeah. Why is it so important to have vineyards all over the place? What, what does that give you as a winemaker? Well, I mean, especially for the varieties that we're making, Chardonnay, Pinot Noir, Riesling, they're the terroir varieties. So even a little change in aspect or slope gives you a different wine. Mm-hmm. 
for us to have all these different vineyards, we get awesome variation in soil type, in aspect, in microclimate, and it just lets us produce different wines from each mm-hmm. vineyard. And the wines are a reflection of those variations in each vineyard. So it, it's it's kind of a, this is, you know, we're in the North Okanagan, but look what you can get on a south-facing aspect with right. silty soils versus a north-facing aspect with yeah. clay soils, and the wines are completely different. So. And there's a there's also an organic uh, journey going on at Cedar Creek, and you're actually getting near the end, which is fantastic, towards total certification. Tell us a bit about that. Yeah, it's been, it's been pretty fun, actually. It's been quite a long process. We started in the vineyards in 2017. Uh, so our Cedar Creek vineyard certified as of last year. So 2019 harvest was certified off Cedar Creek and then the certification will kind of roll down the valley. So Naramata is certified this year and then all of our Soyuz will be certified next year. And we decided at Cedar Creek to certify the winery as well. So all the winemaking is going to be done organic. So yeah. How difficult is it to do that? Uh, the biggest difficulty is actually the paperwork, surprisingly. There's yes. a, you know, yeah. a stack about this big that sits on my desk that I'm perpetually topping up. But um, the m- most interesting part of it has been that it forces you to kind of think about winemaking differently. It's like the vineyards. like People talk about not having that silver bullet spray anymore to put on if you get a disease you can't control. Mm-hmm. It's the same in the winery. You don't have all the ad- additives and stuff that you used to have, so you have to think further ahead be cleaner, be smarter, and kind of make the wines a lot more minimally, which has been a lot of fun, actually. But you have chickens and cows and all kinds of stuff going on in the vineyard. Yeah, we've actually started calling it a wine farm rather than just focusing on the that whole organic so piece. That is so great, yeah. Yeah, so chickens, we've got bees. I've got 17 hives on site now. We've got worm worm farms, uh, and <laughs> Gee, we've got cows. So. And the cows, too. That's fantastic. Uh, I learned a lot about the cows in, in Italy recently. Uh, so you've got them from where? Do they come from the north? or? Yeah, actually, uh, they're, they're Scottish Highland cattle, and they came from the Peace River Valley somewhere. Wow. Um, our viticulturist organized for them to, to be brought down. We purchased three, and we're going to probably purchase another two or three next spring. And we've got them for the same reason the Italians use them. They just mm-hmm. there's kind of an energy component they bring mm-hmm. to the property. You can collect their manure and use it to produce compost yeah. teas and things like that. They're and they're really cute as well. So I, I want to get to the wine, Casey. I want to really try this wine. But I remember the, the story I got in Italy about these cows, Casey, going down the rows, and the cows touch the leaves. Now you don't think of it anything oh, other sure than that, don't. but That's you know what? Amazing. There's a there's a symbiotic relationship there between them all. Yes. And this vineyard was ailing and sick and just wouldn't produce. And the moment, uh, two years after the cows had been in the vineyard, the, the vineyard just sprung to life and it was out of control. Fantastic. That's very amazing. Very, yeah. very cool. While you open those bottles of wine, I want to ask you a few questions about the harvest. And one of them is, what is your favorite thing about harvest time? Um, it's the excitement, I think. Um we kind of harvest is the most important time in the winemaking uh, process. Like the picking decision, the fermentation, time on skins, extraction. These are all things that have a massive impact on the quality and the style of wine you're making. And so that's the most exciting thing. It's a bit of a thrill to have be, to be making all these decisions for all these different wines every day. I was just down in vineyards this morning. I just arrived from a Soyuz uh, five minutes or so ago. So getting to walk around in the vineyard, taste the fruit, think about how you want to make the wine, and maybe make different decisions than you thought you were going to make. It's 
I like the kind of spontaneity of it and how fast you have to react to everything. Yes. And what about what do you eat and what do the crews eat? And do you, are, is there a ritual like do you eat Smarties or anything crazy you do? Yeah, I mean, for breakfast, I eat coffee, and then for mm -hmm. lunch, I eat coffee. <laughs> uh, I actually do, I need, I'm one of those people who needs food to think properly, so I do a whole heap of meal prep before harvest starts, so I get, like, six different types of meals into the freezer. I usually try and have oh, about wow. 50 containers in there so that I can just take and go in the morning, because I usually try and be at the winery by 5.30 or 6 o'clock, so wow. don't have a lot of time to be cooking. I no. live with a person who thinks about food that way. I always think it's odd, but I get it, totally. Yeah, that's right. If, I mean, if I don't do it, my wife's at home taking care of the baby, so I'm yeah. probably going to exactly. be eating. Our guest is uh, Taylor Whalen. He's the winemaker at uh, Cedar Creek. So what do the crews eat? How do you feed them? It's a very important thing to do when you... I, and where are the crews coming from? I know there's a big issue this year with Mexicans and, and Quebecers. Yeah, I mean, we still have our vineyard workers as per usual. We got everybody into the country, no issues. We haven't had any problems in the vineyard. In the winery, we hire later, and so that was where we had to focus on people who are already in Canada. We do have an Australian guy working for us, but he's been in Canada. He's got his visa already, so there was no risk there. Mm. We had applicants from all over the world again, but we just decided to say, for safety's sake, let's just hire locals. So we've got a couple of young ladies who are Canadian who have been through winemaking programs that are working for us as well. Oh, good. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, it's a good team this year. I'm really happy. I don't think we missed out on anything because of COVID in that respect. So. Yes. Yeah. Well, you've got an exciting Pinot Noir program going on in Cedar Creek, and you brought a wine along today, which I think is part of a really instructive set of wines. Uh, maybe we could just quickly talk about Pinot. Uh, there are a bunch of clones for Pinots. What does that mean to the normal consumer? Why would we talk about clones? Yeah, so clones are really important in Pinot winemaking. They're nothing to be afraid of. People think of Star Wars and things like that, yeah. but it really just was, you know, clones are produced from somebody going out into a vineyard, taking cuttings and planting them in the ground and propagating them. Mm -hmm. That's all it is. Um, there's a very famous program from Dijon and Burgundy where a gentleman started a clonal program, and he went out into the vineyards of Burgundy, collected all these pieces of material and planted them, and then kind of made them commercially viable. Here we have one of those clones. So... This is from the second generation at 667. Uh, I think of this one, when people talk about grenade bunches in Pinot Noir, this is the clone I think of. They're these tight, little, black-looking bunches. Mm -hmm. You get quite a powerful, dark-fruited wine with lots of structure. Yep. So, um, yeah, we released it as a set of three. So we have 777, 667, and then 115. Which is a great for people to taste the three and see how different they are. They're all Pinots, but they taste differently. That's the idea, and we sell them as a set as well. So if yeah. you want to purchase, you purchase all three of them together, and hopefully you can make a bit of an event out of it over a dinner party or something like or that. Or dinner at Home Block, one of the best restaurants in the province. That's correct, yep. Just beautiful. They're doing a great job. Yeah. And you had a very good recipe, a very interesting recipe in the BC Wine Lovers Cookbook. I did. Yeah, we call it. I mean, it was a recipe from while I was growing up. We call it Portuguese chicken, but I had my best friend's mom was Portuguese, and she made this dish, which was kind of a chorizo-like sausage made from the pigs that they raised with chicken, potatoes, white wine, and smoked paprika and garlic kind of all just rubbed together yeah. and thrown in the oven. And for me, that's like, doesn't get any better. That's no. a wine worker's harvest uh, It is. Yes, and what would, you, what would you drink with that? 
Well, I was, you know, that was while I was growing up, so I would drink Kool-Aid with it when I was little. But <laughs> now I think I'd be going to Italy or Portugal, you know, like yes. a rustic, rustic red, something with yeah. a little bit of acidity. and, and Nice old field blend or exactly. something. Exactly. Yeah. And you grew up in Victoria. I grew up on Vancouver Island. I lived in Victoria going to school there for about five years, but I'm originally from Campbell River, actually. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, island boy. Uh, well, we're always out of time, Taylor, but uh, Cedar Creek is offering a number of different experiences, too. You can choose to do this, that, or the other and have dinner or not. You've got a lot with food going on. Correct, yeah. You you can do uh, food food additions to your pairings, or you can do uh, several different experiences at Home Block in the yeah. restaurant. Yeah. Uh, if you'd like to come and visit us, we encourage you to hop on the website and book ahead, book just ahead, because yeah. we are trying to control how people flow on the property with sure. COVID. But um yeah, we've had awesome feedback so far, Anthony, so it's been great. Taylor, thanks so much for your time. I know how busy you are at this time of the year. Good luck with 2020. Uh, it's already underway in some parts of the valley. Are you picking a little bit? Yeah, we're about 25% of the way through harvest already. Okay. We're fully into it. So Okay, back at it. That's right. Yep. Thanks, thanks so much. Thank, thank, you. thank you. Nice to see you both. Taylor Whalen, he's the winemaker at Cedar Creek Estate Winery. There's more to come from Mission Hill Estate up next. Shane Munn joins us from Martins Lane right next door to uh, Cedar Creek, by the way. So we'll have a quick chat with him about Riesling and Pinot Noir. I'm Anthony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. And this is the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. We'll be right back. There's more to come. This is the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. Presented in part by Wines of British Columbia at Savon Foods. The BC wine industry is all about people. People crafting products with passion. Save On Foods is proud to support our local wine industry by carrying the world's largest selection of BC VQA wines from producers all across our province. That's over 1,200 labels from more than 160 vineyards. Plus, there are new ones added all the time. Wines of British Columbia at select Save On Foods locations. For special offers in-store and online, visit saveonfoods.com wine. Kalmana Family Estate Winery would like to welcome you to visit their spectacular winery in the heart of the Okanagan's Golden Mile Bench. Guests can enjoy seated tastings of six of their signature wines for up to six people per reservation. Feel comfortable knowing that rigid social distancing and cleaning protocols are in place to ensure the utmost safety of staff and guests. Kalmana Family Estate Winery, creating wines of excellence through the blending of art and science. Open 10 to 5 daily. Call or visit kalmana.ca for reservations. Tinhorn Creek Vineyards has opened its doors. Visitors are welcome to stop by the wine shop for both sales and tastings. The award-winning Miradoro restaurant is now also open for table service and takeout. Reservations are required. Can't make it in? Take advantage of free shipping on orders over six bottles or send wine to someone you love to show them you're thinking of them. Curbside pickup is also available for online and phone orders. For full details and the latest updates, please visit tinhorn.com. Now back to BC Food and Wine Radio. Here's Anthony Gismondi and Casey Wilson. Welcome back to the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. I'm Tony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. Our next guest is Shane Munn. He's the winemaker at Martin's Lane Winery uh, in East Kelowna. Beautiful Great. spot, just across the lake from where we are, broadcasting today at Mission Hill. Shane, welcome to the show. Thank you. Great to have you back. Uh, you're another northerner, as we say, in the valley now, or at least uh, is, we would say the north, would we not now? When we where the winery is? Of course. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, the cool north. 
Yeah. The, the cool north. <laughs> so we've been talking about harvest to people all day, about all over the valley. What's going on in your area? Have you started? Or uh, absolutely nothing, or really. Nothing. Um, yeah. yeah, I'd say we're possibly two weeks away from harvest, which okay. could push us into starting in October for the first time. Okay. The last three harvests have started around about this time, so, yeah. so we're well behind. But uh, that's not a bad thing. It's so cool if you were writing a book about growing seasons, would there be such a book for BC? Because they seem to be no. all over the place. No, yeah, I mean that's kind of you'd you'd put put that as a positive. That's what really makes uh, making wine here so dramatically different. Is every season is different, and uh, we knew from the moment we hit spring that it was going to be a different year to the previous six for us because we're only seven vintages old now. So. Mm-hmm. And if you're writing a book, what advice would you give to somebody during their first harvest? Oh, just. Uh, I mean, you've obviously hopefully chosen someone that's a, a, a great winemaker or a great place to, to work, as I've always tried to do, and uh, just listen, work hard, and kind of keep your head down. Don't ask a lot of questions. No, ask, ask, ask a lot of questions, but not too many. Don't question yes. the winemaker, but say, you know, why are we doing this and that sort of stuff. And so I've always hired, even at Martin's Lane, young interns at, uh, at the start of their career and... Uh, you know, I, I ask I ask them as many questions like, "What do you think we should do?" And yeah. uh, you know, it, it, hopefully they learn from it. It's yeah. kind of fun. Well, it's been hard to get people. Have you have you managed to get some people from around the world this year? Or yeah, this is actually the first time that both of our two interns, because our team of two becomes a massive team of four during <laughs> harvest. Yeah. Um, they're both both young Canadian women locals. Okay, they both live less than five minutes away. So. Uh, that's, that, that's the realities of not being able to find uh, international staff. Not that we try and get international staff, but yeah. that's usually where the demand comes from. So, But it's always a good exchange of thoughts and ideas, if it's an Italian or an Australian or New Zealand or whatever on the crush pad, just... As you say, why why are we doing this? We don't do it this way in our country. Or yeah, yeah, that's the type of people you don't want. The yeah. ones that that question, uh, well, that's not how I do it, or how we yeah, do it. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I won't so. be working a harvest uh, over at uh, Martin Flame for sure. Yeah. No, <laughs> I'm just kidding. no. You just want someone that's there to have a fun time and learn and yeah. give as much as we give back to them. And uh, you know, I think the most fun day of the year is the first day of harvest. Yep. Saddest day of the year is the last day of harvest because that's right on. it's literally kind of high energy. Uh, I mean, of the wineries in our company, we're always the last uh, to start and first to finish. So, yes. it's, so it's more intensive for us. We start and just go crazy for four to five weeks. Yeah. And any rituals that you have at harvest? Not so much. Just try and stay awake. And at the end of a day, like we just start at the same day, same time every day, and yes. go to the end. And we don't have crazy twenty-hour days. You know, a, a busy day, a really busy day, might be twelve hours, and we always end that day with, uh, you know, something to eat and drink, and you know, it's usually a beer or even something simple as a bag of chips. This yeah. is this the crew. Yes. Yeah. 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 All yeah. four of them. Yep. I mean, I always get them, if they're from abroad or just somewhere interesting, I say, bring some wines from where you're from to share with us, and we'll share some good wines with you. Yeah. And, oh, uh, that's a great idea. It's just, it's part of the experience. Uh, it's, it's great. Our yes. guest is Shane Munn. He's the winemaker at Martin's Lane Winery. Uh, Shane, tell us that the winery is a spectacular building. It was purpose-built, I could we could say, for the varieties that you are making. 
have you ever worked in a winery like that before that was built that way? Or? Not to that degree of complexity. Yeah. Like we have, uh, you know, it's a gravity flow winery. We have six levels at our disposal. Most most wineries might have three or four. Yeah. Um, it really is built for Pinot, which is the bulk of our production, mm-hmm. 75% of our production, and it allows us to... I mean, it, it just allows us to make no compromises at any stage of the winemaking mm-hmm. process, so it's great. You make a bit of Riesling because you brought one today. Yep. It, it always seems to me odd to be a place that makes Riesling and Pinot Noir, but, but it seems to work just fine. Yeah, I think that's just one of the unique things about the Okanagan. If we made you know, the Burgundian variety, Chardonnay and Pinot, that would suit the winery as well, but it yeah. just suits the North Okanagan Riesling kind of like Pinot and Chardonnay, retains its acidity really well. We we generally start and finished harvest with Riesling with Pinot in the middle so yeah. it just shows that there's a there's a there's a shared ability to to grow alongside each other and thrive. You brought Fritzies. Uh, you specialize in certain blocks or vineyards uh, around the valley, so Fritzies is nearby from yep, where we are uh, here it's, li- it's literally about 200 meters down the road. Um, like all our sites now, it's organically certified, planted in 1997, so uh, it's a very unique site. It's the only site that we farm on the west side of the lake. That means it captures a heck of a lot more sunlight. Um, it's always uh, These are quite likely the first two parcels we pick every year, Fritzies Riesling followed by Fritzies Pinot Noir. Um, they're big, powerful, rich wines. Uh, it's not an easy place to grow grapes because, uh, like, if you look at the Pinot Noir, it's it's light and delicate and elegant, and that's kind of this that's something that's taken a few years to get to that style. Mm-hmm. Um, and and the same with the Riesling, it's rich and mineral mineral and dry and powerful, and it's not fruity. But uh, and yeah. congratulations, it was nominated for Decanter Wine of the Year. Yeah, that's nice. That's amazing. Yeah, you're only as good as your next wine, so uh, yeah, we're looking forward to getting the same feedback on the 2017, but yeah, it was a great vintage. The wines are quite pure, though. There's a purity in BC, which is interesting. Yeah. You don't find that in every wine country. That's a nice sort of leg up that we have, the acidity and the purity, I think, of our wines. Yeah, and it's it's one of those those characteristics that I search for in these two varieties in particular. It's purity and elegance yeah. and that sort of stuff, you know, we, we're... We're always looking to make more elegant, more pure wines. You never say we want to make the wine bigger or more complex. It's always about making it finer and more classic. Can you sell a Pinot Noir with an ear on the label? uh, We managed to. This is our most uh, expensive. (laughs) It's our most scarce wine. Um, It's probably Canada's most expensive Pinot Noir at $150 a bottle. But like this one has an ear on it that is sort of a translation of the... Vincent van Gogh sculpture coming into the packaging in a unique way. It changes every year. Um, This is always our first wine to sell out. So, which wine is this for the Pinot Noir? Yeah, yeah. No, it has a name though. We want to give the name Uh, out to folks. Fritzy's Vineyard. Yeah, yeah. Fritzy's Vineyard, single vineyard Pinot Noir. It's uh, it's it's a single block as well as a single um, single vineyard. Um, Yeah. So do, do they ask your opinion when they're putting a price on it, or is it all the marketing department's uh, idea? I mean, you get to a price like this where marketing has an element of it, but there's four or five or six factors that come into you know saying this is $150 and yes. that sort of stuff. So, but uh, you know, I think the fact that it's kind of got the scarcity about that about it that. Uh, in terms of like we can never make more than 200 cases of this because that's what the vineyard yields that's mm-hmm. all it does so if we look at it like you know in barrel from 2019 we have nine barrels the previous year we got 11 so that's a you're at the mercies of nature in terms of how much you can produce what, what's your feeling about pinot noir you've been here now a while uh, yep. you came from quite a famous pinot noir region you worked in famous places what do you think how how are we managing on that level or that standard or? oh we're always growing um 
I wouldn't have come here if I didn't think we could make world class wine. That's mm-hmm. that's what I that's almost been one of the things I've stayed with at every winery I've worked with, whether it's in New Zealand or abroad. And uh, you know, we uh looking to you know our wines are driven by the site and the season the seasons here are wickedly different and variable which is part of the fun and dynamic part of it i think Mm -hmm. this is my 24th harvest about to um about to start and uh you know i don't think i've mastered pinot by any standards it's sort of like you're still learning and uh it's sort of you know there's a little bit of nerves going into every harvest but once the fruit starts coming in on the on the first day you become comfortable and let the let the grapes shine Shane, uh, people always ask me, when, uh, Martin's Lane, do you have to be a member? I, I look online. How do I get there? How Can people visit you, and when can they do that, or how can that be done now? No, they can. Of course, they can visit us. Like our team of uh, two, two, you know, there's two winemakers, myself and my assistant winemaker, Kelly, and we have a guest experience manager, so we have three staff members. So right. we're often, we're, we're honestly no different from any other winery. Give us a call or an email, mm-hmm. and uh, we're only open by appointment, so with three staff, appointments are limited, and yep. obviously this time of year they are even more limited because yeah, it's course. nice weather and, and people want to visit more so yeah. yeah if you have flexibility as when as to when you want to visit us then uh then you can certainly get in and have Plan the ahead. opportunity to visit our membership so mm-hmm. uh it's so great to catch up with you today uh and you it's fun to talk to your neighbor his winery's finally finished uh so i guess all the dust will calm down now for you yeah. over there yeah it'd be nice to get the road paved between it so we can kind of spend more time sort of yeah, drinking beer together and catching up, yeah. but uh, not this time of year. I see you hanging out at Home Block once in a while, so when yeah, you get yeah. Hungry. No, it's, uh, it's probably the best restaurant in town besides this one we're at now. So, it is. Uh, yeah, it's not bad to have on your doorstep. Shane, you're making great wine. Thanks for joining us today from Martin's Lane Winery. Uh, always look forward to the new releases. And uh, for people who want to buy the wines, just go online and uh, they can order direct and uh, use shipping free. Of course. Uh, Daryl says he ships ships free, so I thought... Yeah, of course. Yeah, Yeah, you might even get a handwritten note from me saying thanks or come and visit us. That would be great. Thanks for joining us, man. You're welcome. We've been speaking with Shane Munn. He's the winemaker at Martin's Lane, uh, still a couple of weeks away from picking. So as you can see, there's differences all up and down the valley. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, next, we're going to go back down south to speak with Phil McGann. He's the winemaker at Checkmate Artisanal Winery. I'm Anthony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. And we'll be right back on the BC Food & Wine Radio Network. There's more to come. This is the BC Food & Wine Radio Network, presented in part by Wines of British Columbia at Savon Foods. Black Hills Estate Winery invites you to raise a glass with them this summer to celebrate their 20th anniversary season. Make sure to join them on the sun-soaked patio for a sampling of their premium wines. Or, if you can't make it out this summer, then don't forget to check out their popular virtual tasting program online. For reservations or for more information, visit them at blackhillswinery.com and follow them on Facebook and Instagram. The Upper Bench of BC's Similkameen Valley, a special place that's the source of some of Canada's best wines. Here, nestled in a sun-laden stony corner of the mountains, you'll find Clos de Soleil Winery. Clos de Soleil blends age-old Bordeaux varieties and a unique Similkameen minerality for wines that are elegant, age-worthy, distinctively terroir-driven. Visit them by appointment or purchase their wines online at clodesoleil.ca with free shipping offered to all BC and Alberta customers on orders of six bottles or more. Stuck at home? Planning your next getaway without the airfare? 
Think Therapy Vineyards. Imagine staying at the Inn on the Vineyard, overlooking Lake Okanagan and Giant's Head Mountain, sipping the latest releases all within steps of your luxurious boutique-style room. It's the ultimate wine lovers getaway without the flight. For a limited time, BC Food and Wine radio listeners can save on their stay at Therapy Vineyards. Just remember the code Gizmondi when you book online at therapyvineyards.com. Now back to BC Food and Wine Radio. Here's Anthony Gizmondi and Casey Wilson. Welcome back to the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. I'm Tony Gizmondi. I'm Casey Wilson. We're live today at Mission Hill talking about uh, Harvest 2020. And joining us now is Phil McGann. He's come all the way up from Checkmate uh, Artisanal Winery down in uh, Oliver. And, Phil, we, we were just talking to Martin's Lane there two weeks away. And tell us where you are in the harvest. Uh, we're two weeks in. Two so weeks in. You've already you pretty much picked all your Chardonnay. Yeah, we've got two Chardonnay picks left to go on the Golden Mile. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we're getting pretty much there in terms of Chardonnay. And then do, will there be a break or will the Merlot just follow right after? I think the Merlot will probably start towards the end of next week. So we'll get a, a three or four days break, I think, yeah. just to catch our breath and then... So how do you describe the harvest? Normal, hot, warm, fast, slow? What, what is it? Uh, it's been uh, fairly fast, but fairly steady. Um, what has really been the case this year is lower yields. So uh, because of that, it hasn't been as fast as furious as some years. I'd say we're about um, 25% down on what we would have And why expected. is that? I think You're talking about less grapes on the less vine. Less grapes, yeah, less yeah. grapes on the vine. Just uh, not a great fruit set this year. We had a lot of rain in June. Um, And also, I think with our conversion to organic farming, the vines are just finding their way. They're starting to adjust. A little bit less nutrients that have been in the past were applied, but now they have to get organically through the vineyard. So they're just uh, going through that phase of adjustment at the moment. Mm -hmm. Isn't that that good for the consumer? It is good for the consumer. This is some of the nicest juice that I've tasted this year. It's very concentrated, and things that usually get in the glass in the wine like the stone fruits that's coming out in the ju- in the juice this year which is mm-hmm. really the first time i've really seen that um in the valley well before we get to the wines we'll just get this out of the way how's the reno going <laughs> <laughs> renovation is good i've got but um, is it going it's going it's yeah good. no it'll be uh we'll be we'll definitely be fully done uh for the start of next season and okay we, and tell us what you're renovating well, we're renovating the, the entire winery, but um, it's a bit, in terms of how you describe it, it's a bit like a um, uh, a hot rod. You know, you take a, yes, yes. take an ugly car, you give it a new coat of paint and a little bit of flair. Right. And that's what we've done with the winery. Which um, is the old Combray winery the old for Combray. the old people who might remember that. Yeah. Uh, so it's pretty much been all redone now. Absolutely. So uh, we've pretty much wrapped the old building. So the original cinder block building is there for pros- prosperity, but we've added to the production area and extended it, and then we'll have... Uh, a new hospitality area that will have four different uh, hospitality zones in it um, yeah. that will really provide a superior experience for people to come and visit. Our guest is Phil McGann. He's the winemaker at uh, Checkmate, but you are open and you are doing tastings. I've been to a couple. They're really well done, so that's still, still carrying on. Absolutely. During the summer, we were tasting in the in the wine cellar, and actually yeah. at the moment, we're temporarily in the 
the newer space, um, just so that we can process before we go back to the cellar. Well, so when can we taste in the trailer where you, where you live? In the trailer where I live, um, <laughs> the trailer's actually going in uh, at the end of uh, September. So That'll be I'm a, a little bit sad about it. <laughs> That'll be a party. You'll have to mingle with the people now. I know. I can't be trailer trash anymore. But yeah. anyway. <laughs> and, how, and how can we taste at the winery? Uh, it's it's by appointment, especially with the COVID. Um, yes. But we you can just do a, re- a booking online through um, Talk. We usually space our tables an hour and 15 minutes, so a tasting we usually allow 45 minutes to an hour, and then time to set up and break down. You specialize in Chardonnay and Merlot. Are they separate tastings, or you do both, or can you choose or we, at the moment, these tastings? We pretty much keep it simple. We do the one experience, which is uh, $35 for six wines, four Chardonnays and two Merlots. But nice. if someone wants to request uh, more Merlots, they can do so when they book, and yeah. we'll accommodate it. Yeah. Wow. Uh, well, you brought two Chardonnays today. Let's do that before we are completely out of time. Uh, the two queens have been brought today. Yeah, I brought the two queens. Um, I think um, I was thinking of the exciting thing about Checkmate is that we have these old vines um, on our estate properties where the winery is, um, the Combray Vineyard and also the De Claver Vineyard right ne- next door. How old, Phil? Uh, 47 and 45 years old. Wow. And then we've also redeveloped the sites um, to new uh, a broader range of uh, Chardonnay clones, yeah. and we picked our first fruit from that this year. From all those California, yeah, clones? we put it all together. We got a whopping one ton, <laughs> and in the press, but it's it's beautiful. It just tastes tastes like wow. peach and nectarine. It's fantastic. can you just quickly tell us that California? These are all old, like heritage clones from California. Yeah, there's about four or five heritage clones from the from uh, California: Old Wente, uh, Hyde Wente. Um, Calera and also Prosser, which is from wow. Washington. from Washington, yeah. And also Mount Eden, so it's pretty exciting. Wow. Yeah. And where will they, do you know where they'll go yet or uh, into these wines? Or in the future, a- I think there'll be some single block wines from the field selection blocks. Um, and they'll, the rest will go out to hopefully also create a Golden Mile DVA wine mm-hmm. and also to bolster out the single vineyards. Okay. Yeah. Why two queens? Two Queens is, uh, is paying homage to the fact the vines are over 40 years old when uh, the winery was purchased. Um, and really, it's just to, to highlight that they're kind of the, the royalty of the, of the, the vineyards that we source from. Mm. Yeah. And, uh, okay, which one shall we taste first, the we could do Taken the, or Advantage? We'll do the Queen Taken first. So okay. this is the old De Claver vines. It's an aromatic uh, clone. has a nice musk element to it. Mm. But beautiful stone fruits as well. And just beautiful, just compelling radio people sucking air, <laughs> air I over. I heard you do it, there. so I thought I'd do it too. Yeah, and I wish they could taste these wines. Wow. Outstanding. But the 2016 is a very elegant year for Chardonnay, yeah. and the wines are holding up beautifully. And that is just this, lovely wine. This is a current release, so I thought it would be a good one to try today. If people want to come to the winery and taste, that's usually one that we're actually tasting in the winery at the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Queen's Advantage is Queen's a different ad- animal again? Advantage, a different animal. Right next door to the Queen Taken, uh, to the Claver Vineyard. Um, slightly older, this is a field blend, so there's two or three different clones of Chardonnay in here. Again, we don't know what they are. But to me, this is a little bit fuller, a little bit richer. But it has a really nice whetstone character. We were talking about clones with uh, Taylor from Cedar Creek. How come you don't know what the clones are? What, 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 why is that? Is it a Taylor would say I'm a simple man. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, the real reason right. is um, the the people who planted them didn't know what the material was when they planted it. So yeah. Yeah, so and it was 47 years records. ago. Yeah, it's a long time. Almost as old as us, Tony. Right on. <laughs> yeah, thank you very much. Appreciate that. Any rituals or comfort food that you like at harvest time? Uh, pizza's always good. The crew okay. always likes a, a good supply of pizza. Right. Um, 
Uh, personally, I take a lot of solace in A and W during harvest, which is oh, a bit, bit of a scary thing, isn't no, it? No, no, I love yeah. it. Everybody's got something pretty weird that they talk about. And what advice would you give to a new winemaker as the very first vintage? Oh, the first. I just tell them you can't buy experience um, when <laughs> anything goes wrong, <laughs> so right? And it will go wrong. Um, yeah, just uh, just to savor the moment, um, keep your chin up. Uh, enjoy every day and even if you know there'll be days where it goes well and it doesn't go so well mm-hmm. and it's the same for me during harvest but um yeah just keep your chin up and, and just enjoy the moment and luckily the crew we have this year are very much doing that they're they're a fairly green crew because um they're all locals we didn't get anyone internationally because of COVID, but um they're the happiest crew i've had so far they've been great okay one last question phil you grew up in australia Mm-hmm. Did you do any harvests with your father on the you, farm? You did he I have did. any advice for you, or did he? What was his? What were some of his favorite? Well, Dad was a grain grain farmer, so the first thing he said is, "Don't you go near my header." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And he'd uh, usually tell me, "Why isn't the auger working for me when I when he'd come to to bring the grain in?" Yeah. Um, but I think my fondest thing about harvest as a kid was Dad. <laughs> Didn't really pay much uh, heed to the safety rules, and we used to hang our feet out over the auger out of the bin while it was tipping up, <gasps> so while the grain was coming out. So oh, uh, there'd be me and three of my brothers just doing that. Yeah, with no feet left. <laughs> yeah, and Dad would just be sitting there talking to the truck driver who was taking it off into town. So. <laughs> There's always fond memories from growing up. Yeah. Phil, great to see you. Yep, uh, great to be here. Please, good luck in the harvest. Uh, I hope it ends well for you. Yeah, thank there. you. I think it will. I think it's going to be a beautiful year. We look forward to the new winery next year. Yep, me too. Phil McGann, he's the winemaker at Checkmate Artisanal Winery. That's it for our show today from Mission Hill Family Estate. Uh, Estate. Next week, uh, we're going to continue our tour of the Okanagan with our Kelowna Grape Escape. So uh, we'll be back at the same time. I'm Anthony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. And you've been listening to the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. Have a great weekend. That's it for today's show. Tune in again next week for Anthony Gismondi and Casey Wilson on the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. Presented in part by Wines of British Columbia at Savon Foods. BC Food and Wine Radio is a TKS West production. Executive producer, Casey Wilson.